Welcome to Boca, a podcast exploring the ever-blurring lines between the personal and business lives of professional photographers. This is your host, Nathan Holritz, and I'm so excited to have you join me in connecting with photographers and entrepreneurs in the photography industry as we discuss photography, building a business, and still having a life through it all. This podcast is brought to you by Photographer's Edit, custom post-production for the wedding and portrait photographer. And now, let's dive into conversation. All right. <laughs> I'm sitting here with my good friend Andreka. We're actually we're actually at the in the gardens of the Chattanooga Choo Choo. So if you hear uh, running water in the background, that's actually a fountain. Uh, we don't have a leaky shower or bathtub <laughs> or plumbing somewhere. But thanks so much for hanging out with me today. Oh, this is awesome. I'm so excited. We just did uh, we just did breakfast and just walked down the street and found a little spot in the sun. Because it's, it's starting to get a little bit chilly, well, chilly for Chattanooga, uh, and um, making time to just kind of sit down and have a conversation. You're actually getting ready to go on the road here soon, so we're gonna we're gonna just dive right in and make this really concise and to the point. Which and is it, really easy with me. It, it, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's but it's the fact that you're getting ready to go on the road is is absolutely relevant to the conversation that I really wanted to spend time focusing on, which is. You are, well, you just referred to yourself as, as the gypsy. You are kind of the gypsy photographer. Um, you are based in what two locations at this point? I'd say three. I can't, okay. you know what it is? I think I gain locations. Every time I go to one, I want to keep it coming. So I started in northern Michigan, Mackinac Island, Petoskey, Traverse City area. That's where I have a house. I'm in the process because it now turned 32 degrees up there. So now I head south to Florida, St. Pete, Tampa area. But I was in California, and that's where I started my business in Santa Barbara. So I can't let go of that place, and I'm still out there a few times a year. So I mainly would say I travel between those three places. And what type of uh, wedding, or what I say wedding photography, wedding photography is your specialty, correct? Yes. Okay. But I still like to do portraits. Okay. Like, and that's kind of the cool thing is a lot of these locations, especially northern Michigan and Santa Barbara, are destination for other people. So they might be based in Chicago or San Francisco and get married in one of my locations. So when I go up to those cities, I'll do the portraits there. In fact, next month I'll be going up to San Francisco just to do a bunch of portrait sessions for photographer for couples that I shot in Santa Barbara and Michigan and Florida. That's incredible. Okay, so now you've been you've been photographing for when when did you actually get into professional photography? Ten years. This month. Congratulations. Thanks. That's awesome. And you said we've that known each other for ten years. Has it been that long yeah. already? Oh my goodness, yeah. wow. Day one, man. Couldn't that, do without you. Awesome. Uh, well, I, I'll try not to take too much credit for the success of your career, but no, I'm just kidding. The, you said you actually have photographed, uh, you're going to photograph about 30 weddings this year. That's, that's a really busy schedule, um, but you're doing so as you travel to these various locations. So kind of take us back to the beginning and how, how you even got into this gypsy photographer <laughs> life that, that you're living. Well, I was living in Santa Barbara, California, and I had a unhealthy obsession, but a wonderful obsession, <laughs> with an island in northern Michigan called Mackinac. No cars, horses, buggies, and bikes, mm -hmm. and I'd always gone there on the weekends. Mm -hmm. I decided I wanted to get in, back into photography after being away from it for years in Santa Barbara, where there's a million and a half photographers. And I went to Mackinac one weekend and went, wow, this is a cool place to be. And a friend of mine said, you should start shooting weddings here. Next thing you know, I'm flying to Mackinac on the weekends while living in Santa Barbara, 
but still building a community of amazing photographer friends in Santa Barbara. So I kind of had the best of both worlds going. And then I got to the point that I needed to quit my full-time job and I couldn't let go of Santa Barbara or Mackinac. So I would do summers in one, fly back and forth, basically somehow make it work. And how do you, I guess, how do you manage the, what can be an exhausting process of traveling back and forth that much? Because when you started doing that, how many weddings would you shoot in a year between the two locations? I would say, well, I would say my last year before I quit my job, my full-time job, I did 10 in Michigan in one summer. So that was 10 wow. weekends while working a full-time job. That was crazy. I still can't believe I did that. I think I did, I'd say I do 10 and 10 okay. weddings, 10 in one place, 10 in the other. And then I realized I have to stop and do this full-time and see how it goes. So how do you manage that workload, though, and still maintain some type of creativity and, and a certain level of connectedness to your clients that, that ultimately leads to a really positive experience when you're, when you're traveling so much? I mean, I, I travel a, a decent amount, and I know how exhausting that can be, constantly on the go. Um, how did you manage to maintain any kind of energy level and provide a good experience for your clients while still taking care of yourself uh, all at the same time? Well, I think that's kind of the great thing is all of these places are places I love. And they feed my soul in different ways. And as far as creativity goes, they're all so different and so beautiful that I never get bored. I can constantly see different ways to shoot them. And as far as keeping connections with the clients, it's actually great. Because like I said, these people are located everywhere. So I get to see them face to face. Where I know there's a lot of photographers in some of these locations that the couples come in, they see them and they're done. I, since I travel so much, can reconnect with them. And luckily with Facebook and social media and all those great things we have these days, if I'm going to Santa Barbara, I can say, hey, let's get together and have coffee. Like, I've had the most amazing experiences. There's a couple, and they got married on Mackinac Island in northern Michigan. At the time, they were living in Chicago. I ended up photographing her bridesmaid in Hawaii, and through that bridesmaid in Hawaii, I got another wedding in Chicago. And then the original couple moved to San Francisco. And so I would go up and see them in San Francisco. In fact, I had the a most amazing day sailing on their boat in the bay one time. Wow. And it was five years after their wedding. It's, and in fact, this couple I'm seeing in November got married in Mackinac, lives in San Francisco. And every year I do their portrait sessions up there. That's incredible. And Mag- they make me smile too. I love them. Oh. <laughs> And, well, and just that passion, I, I can imagine that that passion would drive an energy that would be, that would kind of spill over into your clients. You're, you're actually genuinely excited to connect with them. That makes all the difference in the world in business. When you actually are passionate about what you do, it translates through to what you do. And I know that the clients have a much, much better experience for it. I, I had the opportunity to second shoot a wedding this past weekend with a friend of mine and uh, Thomas Flint's a great photographer and a great, great person, and he's very passionate about what he does. And that translates through to the experience that he creates for his clients. And I can only imagine, I mean, just the fact that you're getting so excited <laughs> talking about it now that that translates to your clients, that's, that's really incredible. That's awesome. So you've, you've created this lifestyle for yourself um, and, and managed to maintain it. Uh, California, Florida now, Michigan, Mackinac Island is beautiful. For those of you who haven't been there before, I had the opportunity a few years back to to go up and visit, and um, we actually I taught a little bit of a little workshop up yeah. there, and then uh, I f- we actually filmed you for, and and <laughs> interviewed you for some marketing things, 
and uh, oh, it was a, it's such a beautiful location. It's it's so idyllic too. You're right on, of course, the water, but um, no cars. It's just horses and bikes. It's a very simple way of living. Really close knit community of people. Uh, really, really incredible place. But how do you manage to to? We talked about maintaining some type of energy, not getting fully exhausted in the process of traveling. But simultaneously, how do you also manage the workflow? You know, you're shooting a wedding, you, you've got to get it edited, um, and then you're on the road again, so you need to have a, a backup system in place. Uh, and then maybe you're on the plane or you're driving in a car. And how do you manage all of this while you're traveling so much? And, and that actually wasn't that. So that wasn't even meant as a setup question. Andreka happens to be a, a client of Photographer's Edit. Um, but I genuinely want want to know for the sake of the photographers listening, because I know that a lot of photographers, the idea of a destination photographer or destination photography is extremely appealing to them. But all the logistics involved can, yeah. can get relatively complicated. So besides uh, your notorious post-it notes, how do you manage <laughs> to keep up with everything that you have to do and still travel as much as you do? Well, I think since I started the business kind of always doing this back and forth, it kind of just fell into place. Obviously, photographers edit, outsourcing editing, number one. I could never do it without it. Um, that was number one. And then really keeping on top of communicating with my couples. Like, if I know I'm going to be away, I'll tell them, hey, you know, just an FYI, here's a sneak peek. Give them a sneak peek. They're always happy, and that'll kind of settle it a little bit. I always say, if you need anything ahead of time, I'm available. And, in fact, you never know what time zone I'm going to be in, so you can reach me 24-7. Wow. <laughs> like, you never know where I'm going to be, so email's always great. I'm really responsive, and as long as I keep everyone aware, they're good. And I usually say six weeks. I usually tell my couples six-week turnaround. It's usually done beforehand, but that gives me a little leeway. I back everything up on a hard drive do the normal type of thing well and, yeah. and I love that you're so nonchalant about it but what is like what is the normal type of thing because a lot of <laughs> photographers don't even have a great workflow set up and in place you're on the road so you've got to have a, a kind of a mobile system right so talk talk about your backup process like if you're on the road and you're getting ready let's say you're shooting in, in Michigan but then you're getting ready to go back to Florida where you shot a wedding in Chicago yeah. I think this past yeah. weekend yeah. you're headed back to Florida have you already backed up those files do you bring external hard drives like what does that actually look oh. like I have a, many external hard drives, and I actually have an assistant who also has an external hard drive that I give to her. Um, I think it's all about doing the backups on the external hard drive, and I do it right away. And I also have a lot of extra cards, so I don't have to clear my cards very often. With okay. shooting so many weddings, especially in these destination locations, you'll get Thursday weddings, you'll get off-day weddings, and this way I can back everything up, keep everything safe. Um, and I think also these locations, I'm on the road a lot, but I have home bases. I joke that I'm a homebody who's never home. Yeah. As long as I go, as long as I have a place that is calm, like you're saying, how do I keep my energy? Sleep, number one. I'm very big on counting my hours. Before I go to bed, I count my hours to make sure I don't set my alarm. I get at least seven hours, ideally eight every night. Awesome. And then I can go hard. Yes. And it's also, you know, I like to live my life fully as well. So I'm going to work hard, but I always have pockets of play. <laughs> Because having pockets of play gives you energy. Having a good support of people around you gives you energy. And, you know, I, my system, let me think. I get the images. I download them. I back them up immediately. I call them as quickly as possible. I send them off to Photographer's Edit as quickly as possible. And then I try to do a sneak peek right away as well. And then always communicate. And I, and I was going to um, allude to that, the fact that you create expectations for clients. It seems like such a simple thing and almost a, 
a default practice that business owners should should take. But um, creating those expectations makes a massive difference for a couple of different scenarios. One, the fact that you are uh, kind of on the go, so you may not necessarily always be available. So creating expectations as to how long it might take to to get back with them, um, or like you were talking about earlier, how long it's going to take to actually get the images back. Ideally, then beating those expectations. Yeah. Uh, if you've got a six-week turnaround time and photographers edit is processing the images for you in a week, then you have the opportunity there to kind of beat expectations and create an even better experience, which is really cool. But then you're actually getting ready to go, um, speaking of pockets of play, you're getting ready to go to Bali, yes. which is re- for a couple of weeks, right? Yes. Which is so exciting. So what is it? I know you're kind of wrapping things up and getting ready to, to leave. What does it look like then in that scenario when we're talking about creating expectations for the client? Um, if you're going to actually put work down for a couple of weeks, how do you create the appropriate expectations and set things aside for that period of time, come back to your business and not get absolutely overwhelmed in the, in, in, after, after this wonderful vacation? Honestly, I don't know. I haven't <laughs> taken a vacation in 16 years. Okay, okay. <laughs> this is going to be the first time that I'm away from my phone for more than two days in 16 years since cell phones really came smartphones came in existence um, but I think I'm going to be doing emails and saying hey I'm going to still give myself I'll still be reachable but just structure like I'm going to have an hour in the morning an hour and at night if that granted I think yesterday I said a half hour and a half hour so I might <laughs> need to like really be strict yeah, about that set some parameters <laughs> um, you but, have that app that you were showing me earlier that that gives you a certain <laughs> amount of time to get a task done right yes use that that's what I would have to do yeah. um but I think I'm, you know, I'm going to put on Facebook, I'm going to put all the like forwarding, hey, I'm in, I'm out of the country, if you need me, let me know. And that's why my goal is to get everything really out to photographers at it by this weekend so that that's all done and it'll be pretty simple stuff once I get it back to deliver. So I think I'll actually still be able to deliver images okay. within my half hour parameters. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the great thing with technology is you can be abroad. I can turn off, I hope, it's going to be a tough one. But yeah, and you know, two weeks, two weeks isn't that much. It's really not, especially when you you set yourself up um, for that scenario. And again, the fact that you're creating expectations for your clients is is so important. That really takes care of a lot of it. Now, going back to the fact that you're working in multiple markets, talk just briefly about how you are managing to market, or, or I guess continue to build business in these multiple markets, despite the fact that you're not always actually there. That has definitely been a hard thing to do, especially because you start thinking, why is everyone else booking so much here and there? And I'm like, oh, wait, but I have all these locations. So the fact that I'm only, you know, it's not that I need to do 100% in each location and someone is getting 100% of the booking. I only need 30 in each. Um, so I only 30 total, right? 30%, but 30% oh, I'm, I'm in each location. Right, right, right. So I have less stress. In fact, I was saying Florida is kind of a new market for me, but I'm really excited about it. But the great thing is with the Florida market, it's the direct opposite of Michigan. And Santa Barbara market is year-round. So That's quite intelligent. Yeah, <laughs> I'm impressed. Right? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, if my Michigan numbers are a little down, I'm not so stressed because I've got Florida now as a balance. And then Santa Barbara is just my heart and soul and love it. So that's just fun anytime I can get it. Right. And when you're talking about them being opposite, you're talking uh, about the difference in the weather. What What is, what is the... Um, for Michigan, what are the, the shooting months? Um, you know, it always changes. Last year, my October had zero. Okay. This year, my October had eight. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So, but what would be the general range? I then? would say July, August, September. Really? Yeah. And then Florida would be 
March, J February, January, February, March, April, okay. and some November, December. Okay. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see how this all transitions out. I'm excited. <laughs> That's wonderful. Now, I didn't mean to interrupt your, your train of thought when you were talking about kind of marketing and these, oh. these, these multiple markets. So take us back to that. Community. It's all about community. Okay. It's all about... And would you say the virtual community since you can't always be present or... Virtual community, but also when I'm there doing face-to-face. -face. Yeah. Um, luckily, Santa Barbara and Michigan have been two places that I've really... Like you had mentioned, Mackinac Island is such a tight-knit community that I am there and they trust me. And building trust in all these locations. Not only getting to know the vendors and the venues and the event coordinators, but also getting to know the people in the community who can refer you. And that's kind of the great thing too is, you know, I have, I've had weddings in both Michigan and Florida, or Michigan and California, that are from St. Petersburg and Tampa. So I can now use those two connections to build my business in all the different locations. So as I'm talking, weirdly enough, it makes a really strange triangle. But it's brilliant that, that it's actually, there's a compounding effect there. Yeah. You know, as opposed to thinking that, that, that I have to exist in these separate markets in of themselves, market in those separate markets by themselves, you can actually build on the relationships that are connected between those three markets. That's really, really cool. It's powerful. It's great. And you know, it's funny, it just dawned on me, as last year, I didn't do it this year because of the schedule, the shooting in Chicago, but last year when I was driving from northern Michigan to Florida, I drove through Grand Rapids, Lansing, Detroit, Cleveland, Chicago, Lexington, Chattanooga, um, down to Florida. And in all of those locations, I did portrait shoots with clients that I had had in other locations. So I kind of always kind of support or promote that I'm going to be in these cities if anyone wants to do portrait shoots. And that builds the connections as well. And, oh, she's still around. She's still alive. She's still doing shooting. She's, we got to remember, you know, I have a cousin who's getting married. That's really awesome. That's, that's really cool. I'm, I mean, I get to travel a lot and I have a pretty uh, great deal of, of flexibility and freedom as a business owner myself. But um, I, I'm, I'm a little bit envious of this, <laughs> this lifestyle that you created for yourself, and I'm sure a lot of photographers will be as well. Um, speaking of other photographers, the question that I like to ask um, in these interviews uh, most of the time is, is the, um, the biggest lesson, the biggest takeaway for, or from your business over the last 10 years. Again, congratulations to you for that. Uh, you've existed as a business for longer than a lot of businesses do. What would be the biggest lesson that you've learned, kind of the hard lesson, I guess, that you've learned doing business that you would um, be able to share with photographers and hopefully they can take and, and not do that maybe in the, in the future, even now as they're starting their business? I would say that's an easy question, actually, because I hit it. We talked about this back last, just as I started like kind of my 10th year, mm. I realized, oh my gosh, my numbers are down. I don't know what I'm doing. Maybe I'm not doing this right. Nothing's working out. I was literally ready to walk away. And of course, this is what I do. It's what I love. It's my passion. Everyone around me supports me in this. But I was having just one of those funks and just losing it all. And I realized I needed to get recharged. And I got comfortable. And I stopped marketing. And it's kind of one of those things that you can never stop. Right. It's a great thing. And it's a scary thing. And I had gotten to a point where I'm like, okay, do I really need to do all the Instagram? Do I really need to do all the Facebook? Do I really need to do all the marketing? Can't I just like relax for a little bit? And I did, and I, it definitely hurt my business. But now all of a sudden, I think hitting that low 
has made me even more excited and has made me think out of the box more and has made me reevaluate marketing and reevaluate the actual business. You know, I'm a creative, so I didn't have any business course ever in my life. I kind of look back and joke that I'm actually running a business. You know, I had a history degree, an art degree, an English degree, everything against business. And now, probably for the first time, I'm actually getting really excited at the science behind marketing and branding and business aspects. Yeah, t- tell us and, and the listeners how uh, or what the name of the book is that you're currently reading, you're so excited about. Yeah, it's called Fascinate. It's by Sally Hogshead, and it's all about fascinating people about your brand and what kind, there's seven different pillars of where your brand is. Are you an innovator? Are you passionate? Are you prestige? Are you... Um, I can't remember all of them, but they were amazing. And actually, if you go to her website, it's great. And you can take her quiz and you find out what two are more you and what your heart and your brand and your business really feed to. And then it kind of gives you guidelines of words to use. And it goes into the science behind the idea of fascinate. And the definition of fascinate is actually almost to brainwash, almost to uh, hypnotize. You get someone so interested in you and what you're doing that they kind of lose all their other sensories and they get really excited about what they're doing without even realizing it. How far are you into the book are you at this point? Second chapter. So I'm into, well, there's second part. There's three parts to the book. Yeah. And it's a great thing to read when you're on the road. Audible. So uh, there's three parts. The first part is kind of very interesting about the history of the word fascinate. Even from like New Salem, witch trials to the Greeks, to ancient Greek to current day. Uh, and then the second part of the seven ideas, the seven pillars, and the third part, which I'm really excited to get to, is how you implement them. And supposedly, it's supposed to give you exactly step-to-step how to do this, but we'll see how much <laughs> it works. That's really great, though. And I know what it feels like to read a book and, and you know, only be partway through it and just be so excited yeah. about what, it's, what, what you're learning from it. So the name of the book is Fascinate, Fascinate. by Sally Hogshead. Yep. Okay, so you guys check that out on Amazon. I think I actually pulled it up last night when you were talking yeah. about the book, but definitely check that out. Um, I really appreciate you making time to, to sit and chat, and I want to <laughs> let you get on the road. you got to head down to Florida. Where can everyone find you online? In fact, you, you were just, before we started recording, you were talking about this new Instagram account that you're, you're starting. Yeah, so I have my regular Andreka Photography Instagram, and then I just... Spell that out for, for Oh, yeah. A-N-D-R-E-J-K-A photography. Photography. Andrea with a JK thrown in. Okay. Um, And then my other one is kind of, I realized, you know, Andreka photography should be just weddings and portraits and pictures and pretty things. And then I wanted something to show that I'm always on the road. So then I have Andreka's underscore gypsy life. And it kind of shows me on the road and the friends and the family and the and the Bali trip, hopefully. And the Bali trip. I'm so excited. Uh, and, you know, I'll, that's more like, here's my cool little Bloody Mary I had, and here's my cool stack of pancakes. <laughs> it's a little mix of everything. And do we get to see uh, your stacks of Post-it notes? You know what? Just for you, I am going to take a st- picture of my Post-it notes and my envelopes that have random notes written on them. <laughs> the, 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 Andreka and I have this kind of inside joke. For years now, I've been trying to convince her to move to a digital task management system. I think when I was up there in, in uh, Mackinac, it's been about, what, four years, five four years, years ago, four, four years ago, years. Um, we, I sat down and walked you through a <laughs> workflow in uh, get, uh, what was it? What was the name of the task management system? But some system. Oh, yeah. What was that? Yeah, get flow, no. Get flow. Get yeah, flow is the name of it. Yeah. And um, it's, it's a pretty powerful <laughs> system actually still is around as far as I know. But uh, I was trying to help you get set up in that and no. <laughs> Not only did you not do that, but now you've regressed from post-it notes to, 
Earlier, she showed me um, a an envelope, a used envelope that she was making a to do list on. So, <laughs> maybe you can post that on your your new Instagram account as well. But um, in all seriousness, thank you so much for for sharing some of what you've learned with with the photography industry. Uh, I wish you the best in all your travels and the continued growth in your business. I mean. For you to be in a really down and out place, you know, just months ago, and now you've ended up with 30 weddings, um, you really must have stepped up your game. <laughs> so kudos to you for that. But certainly wish you the best in business as well. And I hope you have a wonderful trip to Bali. Yay. Thank you so much. This is awesome. I love it. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to the Boca podcast. If you'd like to hear a particular photographer or entrepreneur in a future episode, don't hesitate to email me, Nathan at photographersedit.com. The Boca Podcast is brought to you by Photographer's Edit, custom post-production for the wedding and portrait photographer.